0: Episode of the Miles Offside Podcast where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nonsense. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy from Afar, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts Mister ninety nine point nine three six eight two percent and Super (laughs) Producer Ian Stimson. How's it going, Chuck? Yeah. All right. How's it going, Ian?
1: (laughs) It's gonna be a good one, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Fine, thanks. Yeah.
0: One word answers. That's what you love on a podcast. Just nope. (laughs) Yeah. Yep, there it is. <laughs> How's Posh? Checking on Posh Island. Got to start things off the right way. Didn't play. Um, playing
1: t- playing Pompey tomorrow, although by the time this comes out, it will have already happened, and I will either be embarrassed or happy. Uh, but they've sacked their manager.
2: Uh, Kenny Jacket.
1: Yeah, well, they sacked their manager because they they lost the uh, Leasing.com EFL Trophy final on penalties to Salford. Uh, Salford got to keep the trophy for one day before... The, this year's final was played the next day at Wembley. So. Uh,
2: wait, what? <laughs> wait, wait. Oh, <Hold laughs> no. I did not. I was going to say I got really confused because I was pretty sure there was an <laughs> EFL trophy final and there were two of them two days yep. in a row.
1: Yeah, there were. So, uh, so last year's final had to be postponed because of COVID, but they wanted to right. play it anyway. So they played it, I think it was on Saturday, and that's when Portsmouth lost on penalties. Right, And then they played this year's final the day after. So uh, Salford got to keep the trophy for a day before it went to Sunderland. Is
2: it, is it the same trophy if last year was the Leasing.com and this year's Papa John's? Who got you know, the pizza?
1: I, well, I assume Sunderland, but I, I think... I, I'm the one who's called it that. I assume that the sponsorship has to remain, even though that the whole competition has been played this year as the Papa John's trophy, because it's last year's final. Leasing.com deserve a mention for their, for their continued <laughs> sponsorship last year of the but trophy. They get enough
2: mentions on here, so surely our <laughs> listenership and the pull of the EFL trophy, like, you can pop them side by side. That's a, right? <laughs> what are that's you talking about? That,
1: that's a Venn diagram that's a circle, mate. What are you talking
2: about? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone loves the EFL trophy. So much League One content. Anything to talk about, to not talk, sorry, about how Peterborough have not been doing well.
1: A couple of games, not not great, but, with, you know, games in hand, I've, I've always been a fan of games in hand. It definitely... Well, Oscar's Oscar's little face is illuminating, so I'm assuming he's on 538 right now.
0: I'm clicking, clicking, clicking in the background. <laughs> that's exactly right. Let's um, see what the numbers say. Uh, yes, the
1: stats would have said I'll have got, Peterborough would have gone down, but, you know, you can use stats to prove anything that's even remotely
0: true. Yikes. Okay, oh. well, they have dropped Brilliant. a bit from uh, their lofty highs of being the most likely to get promoted. Mm-hmm. Uh Ian, do you do you want me to say this or uh should we just <laughs> Yeah. yeah on. Uh there's still forty nine percent to make the playoffs, so that's pretty good. Um sixty ish, fifty nine percent to go up, which is still much better okay, than fifty well, percent, you know. And uh twenty percent to win the league. But Hull have taken a commanding lead on that front.
1: Yeah, well we got a player sent off in the first half when we were playing Hull and then lost the game three one, so smart. Yeah, not great. I mean, yeah, still got games in hand, though, so like I say, you know. You've always said games in hand are better than points on oh, the board. You've always said it famously. famously. And uh, it did Wickham well when they, you know, the, the, oh, the, the games it. in hand, the points per game meant that they got into the championship, and they're doing super well, as I keep saying. Wickham clearly deserve to get into the championship. What well, they're fucking... What's the 538 on Wickham getting relegated back to League One?
2: Numbers don't go that high, mate.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let's look it up. Because they are currently... This is uh, such
2: good content. It is good
1: content. They are currently how many points below Sheffield Wednesday who started on minus 12? Uh, Sheffield Wednesday got changed to a minus six. Did it? Oh, okay, fine.
2: Yeah.
0: Still. Right, let's play a game. More or less likely to get relegated? West Brom or Wickham?
2: Surely they're both like 99%. That's not the
0: question, Chuck. More
2: likely, I'd say Wickham.
0: Eh. More
2: like his West Brom because they're over ninety nine percent. Yeah, they're
0: greater right? than ninety nine, but Wickham are ninety eight.
2: So good,
1: fucking.
0: <laughs> that's pretty, uh, pretty fucking likely to go down. <laughs> uh, for some context, the next most likely to go down are Sheffield Wednesday, RIP Dave. Sorry, um, and then sixty four percent for Birmingham. So it looks like actually relegation in the Championship is pretty much done and dusted that is as much lower league talk as i can handle can we please oh, move
1: on? i am expanding this section as we go on i'm loving
0: this yeah now we're talking about the championship i'm like nah uh-uh. i'll talk about peter i'm not trying to talk about like teams
1: we have covered the <laughs> efl trophy
2: league one the championship we all know how it works oscar for you ascending the pyramid and we need to gradually do it from league one up the championship exactly. into the premier league lest
1: you get the bends this is the depressurization
0: should we check in on Firescreen Rovers then? Just to like really. Uh... No,
1: no, don't go deeper. No, Oscar.
0: <laughs> oh, they're deeper. Oh, they're lower. Okay, never mind. I don't know. It's all hard to keep track. Who knows?
1: Brilliant.
0: Anybody below like 10th in the Premier League? I'm like, are you? Who are you? Rapid. Yeah, rapid we've, we've noticed.
1: Yeah.
0: Yep, pretty much. Um, actually, Chuck, funny, you should say that because we are skipping the rapid, rapid fire news this week. But I will still say if you are joining us for the first time, welcome. We are happy to have you. Can't believe you made it past League One and Posh Talk um but you know
1: that's the, that's the filter we need we need to let only let the real listeners through that's exactly the filter.
0: that's exactly right yeah wow. we are two brits one american we try to talk about soccer we uh mostly get distracted um and if you are coming back leave a review patreon.com slash miles offside pod or patreon.com slash miles offside one of those two. Oh, you had it
1: right you had it right I Had it right. okay
0: all right. just cut the second bit then They're easy <laughs> done done and dusted yeah
1: that's um, how it but works.
0: we'll just jump straight into the fixtures this week uh so let's just Somewhere. kick things off
2: where with- did we record last time? <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> last week was a a bit of a rough one. Recording on an off day when I was not, a, I didn't have any prep or anything. Anyway, um, made for a very hilarious bluffer. We'll see how this week goes. No pressure, Ian. Uh, but we kick things off on Wednesday, March tenth, twenty twenty one, with business as usual. Manchester City five, Southampton two. Manchester City three point one to Southampton's 1.6. I guess anything to say about that one, gentlemen, or shall we mostly take it into the second Manchester City match of the week, which is a lot more interesting in my opinion?
2: Yeah, let's do that one.
0: Moving on then to Saturday, March 13, the other match that City played part in, and one that is of interest to this particular podcast because of our lovely, lovely Patreon, and that Fulham Fullham0... Oh, sorry. City 3, not Manchester City. They lost all the Manchesters. Uh, Fulham 0.5 to City's 2.7. So another dicking for City, business as usual. Eight goals between the two matches. Um, but I think Fulham here is the more interesting angle because they've been kind of making moves in the uh, relegation situation. So why don't we uh, take it from there, Ian?
1: Well, uh, it's a shame for Fulham, but at the end of the day, they were never going to be targeting this fixture, were they? This, this, Man City was always going to be an assumed loss. Mm-hmm. Um, in the in a totally different way, that Liverpool were not an assumed loss for Fulham, um, but Man City probably would have been. Uh, there uh, just... was
2: never a uh, sorry uh, Fulham Liverpool. There was one person in this parish uh, who said Fulham are going to win.
1: No no I'm 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 supporting that. I'm saying that, that yeah, cool. Scott you cool, know, just, just just check it, just check okay, it. Well,
2: I was, I was just yeah, uh, No, I'm i su- I'm supporting yeah. your
1: position that it was not I've not
2: got a lot going on for me at the moment, so
1: <laughs> if you can just
0: give me that mate, hey,
1: thanks. You called that Fulham would beat Liverpool, fuck. I did. Um
0: yeah <laughs> stop being so defensive. <laughs> check the fucking receipt Ian, Ian. What is a podcast for, if not to call out when you made a correct prediction one in 40 times?
1: <laughs> That's fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Let Chuck
0: have his moment. Thank you, Oscar. Please. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Ian, but in reaction to what you're saying, like, yes, maybe Fulham expected a loss going into the City match. I, mean, I think most people do, honestly, at this point against City. But what about the manner of the loss? There was a lot of, like, shooting themselves in the foot there. Um, to borrow an American expression, maybe a country with less guns would use a different expression. But, like, they defeated themselves. There was a lot of mistakes yeah. Um A lot of like, like, oh, really, really boneheaded decisions, all over the place. Do you not think that that's going to impact Fulham a little bit, take away some of their momentum?
1: It, it definitely could do because I think you're you're absolutely right. It it was there was a lot of sloppiness, um, and also teams around them won as well, which is not good. So yeah, that the combination of that could could derail them. Yeah, you're right, and hope hopefully it won't.
2: Teams but, around them yeah. won. Yeah. Teams around what? Sheffield United got absolutely fucking battered. West Brom lost. Brighton won. To the mighty palace. Oh, brilliant. Brighton won. Right. What did Newcastle
0: do? Newcastle drew. They dropped two points. Sheffield lost 5-0, so they dropped some points. Is Newcastle drawing dropping points? Yes, they're literally they are they, dropping they points. They won that.
1: That
2: was basically a win for Newcastle, <laughs> you yeah, know. I don't think a draw for Newcastle could be achieved uh, as dropping points. Yeah, whatever. All right. Yeah, fair enough.
0: All right. Well, Newcastle are still 45% to go down, <laughs> Fulham 41. So it is getting closer, but Newcastle is still more likely as of this moment.
2: Yeah. That, we, yeah, but why are we... No, I don't want to talk about um, that team uh, that the playing black and white. I want to talk about the other team that play playing black and white. And if <laughs> Fulham, as we mentioned, they're not looking to target anything from that game they did make a lot of silly mistakes but at the same time you were looking at how they were playing in possession with the ball and they were still playing their game despite the immense amount of pressure City were playing and now granted the way City play is like they would only really commit when they know they can win it back and then they can really hurt you but Fulham was still playing out the back and they did not look uncomfortable on the ball apart from a few mistakes. So if they can get those all out in one game against City, which is a game they're not bothered about at all, uh, their next fixtures coming up are Leeds, Villa, Wolves, Arsenal. There's a there's a good few to target there. They still have to play Burnley, who have kind of moved out of the question really now, it seems. Uh, they still have Newcastle to play uh, on the last day of the season, of course. Southampton in there as well. So... I don't know. They could get. They could definitely put a run together. They could get between seven and ten points out of that. The rest of the season, I'd say, that takes them to at least thirty-six.
1: Oh, that's gotta be safe this season.
2: You'd hope yeah. so. Yeah,
0: that's why. I mean, honestly, like it's there. I think that they have a pretty good chance of staying up. There's a lot of room there to be had.
2: That game against Newcastle's huge.
0: That last day is going to be a huge, huge deal. And this is going to sound like a snide comment, but genuinely much better teams than fulham no offense have put up less than 0.5 against man city so like putting up 0.5 against man city is not anything to necessarily be upset about like that's a pretty decent amount of creativity a decent amount of uh, yeah you
2: can't call you can't call that numbers i'll I'll keep you honest there like you're not i'm not calling 0.45 numbers putting up decent numbers um and yeah for that reason sorry safira you're not getting the team tune this week but (laughs) <laughs> um i predict big things next week because uh the mighty mighty super attacking leeds uh have only scored in one of their last five games
0: yes actually that's probably a good place to transition then to saturday march 13 and that is leeds zero chelsea zero Leeds 0. oh god 4 to chelsea's oh. <laughs> 1.0 uh i will 1.0 oh, dear Step out of the way and let you gentlemen have opinions on this first before I come in and have my own opinions as well about Chelsea uh, as we usually do. So did either of you happen to watch this match slash what are your thoughts on Chelsea in general
2: lately? What brackets endure? Um, (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what was more painful watching the match or the players ankles afterwards off of Leeds appalling pitch and God knows uh, how they don't have as many injuries as they do. Uh, praise be to the groundsman for getting it in that good condition. Um, and that, I believe, is their loaner pitch that they paid something like 600 grand to Tottenham for in January.
1: It's like they bought a pitch off of uh, Wish or whatever. And it's like you get you pay for a, a certain dress <laughs> and then something else that looks nothing like it arrived. Well, it's just actually a bag for life. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but... Um, yeah, I I don't know, Oscar, because normally when we do this, I actually decide to be serious about Chelsea for once and then steal all your points and then you just go, mm, mm-hmm. Um, but I think- uh, That's about a
0: third of my points. I just don't want to drown you out for the next hour talking about Chelsea. I have plenty of points to go over.
2: Snip, 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 goes Ian in the edit. Um, but yeah, Chelsea is still finding their way, I think, really. Tuchel's done an excellent job of making them defensively. Uh, tie it in, in the way that you know. If you keep the ball, the other team can't score against you. Uh, I think they've only conceded two goals since he came in in the league.
0: Yeah, I actually have defensive stats ready to go. So when I get to the excuse, it, I'll, excuse, I'll excuse throw me, excuse me, I believe
2: out. I believe you. Let me go first. Right? <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Let me for once like be nice and kind about
0: something you love. all right? I'm just so not used to that that it's very concerning to me. I it, like the, the rug is going to get pulled out in a second, I know.
2: Yeah, I mean it's all just setting you up for a fall. But um you know they had the great result, I kept a clean sheet against Atletico. Uh, you've got Atletico this week? Yeah. Yep, Wednesday. Again. So a lot to concentrate on and you know points is points and I think if Chelsea are going to give Tuchel this grace period to sort out the issues they had under Lampard which was the defensive solidity and knowing what they're doing and he can then find out his pieces in an attacking sense uh, because there has been a lot of rotation a lot of pieces that are starting to make sense however in what combination we're not quite sure yet Uh, but I'm sure you'll go into more detail about that but you know they need to give him that time, and that's fair. Whether that then means that next season season is like a one shot because he is on an eighteen month contract, I think.
0: Yeah, with a, they both sides have an option to extend, so right, it could okay. be another year after that, On average,
2: on average, I mean Chelsea you, you 14, get fourteen months.
0: months yeah, exactly. <laughs> so eighteen is the perfect amount.
2: So you know, it's uh, yeah. There's there's a lot going on, and I, I think you can't really judge their results. But I think there was a lot of bad luck. More rebounds, ricochets, those kind of things. Kai Havertz, not quite necessarily, I would say, like having all the qualities of a number nine apart from that absolute killer instinct, Mm. I would say at the minute, um, Pulisic was an absolute demon on the right.
0: Yeah. And he's usually not good on the right too, which is like surprising.
2: So yeah, that's all I got to say. So yeah.
0: All right. Well, I mean, Chuck, you mentioned the defense there. I'll just throw out some numbers that I happened to... Um, put together over the weekend, just because I was curious. Like, genuinely, I wasn't like, oh, this is going to be amazing. I was just like, I think this might be a thing. So, in the Premier League, since the arrival of Tommy Tukes, uh, here are Chelsea's matches in terms of expected goals allowed. So, you talked about the defense being really good. We had... 0.6 0.6 versus Wolves, 0.4 versus Burnley, 0.6 at Spurs, 0.6 at Sheffield, 0.4 versus Newcastle, 0.5 at Southampton, 0.4 versus Man United, 0.3 at Liverpool, 0.3 versus Everton, and 0.4 at Leeds. So, three teams that would be considered part of the traditional Big Six, uh, four teams that are in the top six or seven right now, and not a single match have we conceded more than 0.6. Um, which is, for the record, if you project those numbers over the course of an entire season, 17 goals conceded in an entire season.
1: These uh, are like is ridiculous
0: title-winning numbers, genuinely. Because also if you project the expected points since Tommy Tooks took over, 87 expected points, that would be the third best expected points ever since we've started collecting data in the last like seven years.
1: And we're not even talking about Chelsea firing yet.
0: No, exactly. Yeah, the, the XG numbers are not as good. Like there, I mean, there's been a few in the like 2.5 range. Most of them unusual. We have here. I'll just write them off quick. 0.6, 1.4, 2.4, 1.6, 2.5, 1.5, 1.2, 1.2, 1.2, 2.6, and 1.0. So we have actually doubled our opponent's XG every single match except for the first one against Wolves. Um, and genuinely, like 87 points. If it wasn't for City's historic run in the last couple of years, 87 points would be like all-time great form. So we look fantastic under Tuchel. These numbers are like genuinely title-winning numbers. I really, really, really have an eye on winning either the league or the Champions League next year, Uh, and if we don't, like, that's going to be set up as a success. We said that uh, as a failure, sorry. Um, We said that at the start of this year with all the money that they spent, so that's frustrating, but that they are doing so well is great. Um, The flip side of that, though, as you guys both have mentioned in the past and this week, the attack isn't looking completely there yet. Um, the last couple of games, we've tried having Kai Havertz as a sort of nine of sorts. In one press conference, he said, I don't see him as a true nine. I see him as a nine slash ten. So we have false nine. And then like two days later, he was like, yeah, no, no, no. He's a true nine. So yeah, Tami's, not
2: confusing at all. Fuck's sake. Right. Pick a line.
0: Um, I still think he's getting to know the players. I think that like this match against Leeds was pretty, pretty bad in terms of the attacking output compared to the last few coming off the back of like Liverpool and Everton, especially. Um, but I also think that, like, if you – Timo Werner got rotated out, probably with Atletico in mind, right? A lot of players got rotated. Um, Timo Werner has the fourth most expected goals plus expected assists or expected goal involvement in, um, in the <laughs> Premier League per 90 this year, if you, if you filter out, obviously, for a 1,000 minutes, right? So, like, Timo Werner is the fourth most um, attacking, creative, slash, threatening player in the league. So, you take him out, like, it makes sense that our number is going to fall off. Um, cause it seemed to be a lot of times where it's like a team over a shaped hole in our attack of like where he should be doing things, but no one was there doing those things. But I think we're fucking great, man. I think we're getting better. I think he's starting to unlock like different best positions for people. Um, he played Pulisic in a really weird sort of right wing back type role. Pretty much the same thing he's been doing with Callum. Um, so whatever the hell Chili was doing on the left side, that's what Pulisic was doing. No one's really not sure what to call it uh but we're converging i think this wednesday is a huge test probably by the time this comes out people will either be watching that or have seen it but if we can like beat atletico twice once at their own ground and once at our ground and like not by fluke not by accident mm. that to me seems like a real marker um totally separate from each other the double pivot and 538 both have chelsea as the fourth best team in the world right now about even with barcelona Um, City are far and away the best team in the world. Munich are second, um, a bit of a drop-off. And then from there, there's like a bit of a pack. But Chelsea and Barca are basically 3A and 3B at this point in the world. Um, So that's pretty fucking cool because that feels about where Chelsea should be. You know, I came into being a Chelsea fan at a time when like we were one of the two big English teams, one of the five best teams in the world. So it's nice to be getting back to that. And I do think that there's a lot of cool stuff going on. I am worried that we're going to have to sell one of our shiny attacking players and that it's going to end up being Pulisic. Because I just think that there's like one or too many that can't all play together or fit in the same system. So that would be sad. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was a boring match. but So we've talked a lot about a boring match already. But they're great. Good times. Good times at Chelsea Island.
1: Leeds are tired, isn't it? <laughs> they will be playing on that fucking plowed field. Good, oh mate. my it's God. It's going to
2: be draining. Bamford has taken to wearing rugby studs on it, and rugby studs are <laughs> solid metal, and probably about I don't know half a centimeter longer than regular studs. Like you know, hefty.
0: Yeah, it reminds me of clips of like Maradona at the '86 World Cup, just like
2: yeah, dribbling
0: the ball and chunks of grass along the <laughs> way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Well, from one miles offside team to another, we have Crystal Palace one West Bromwich Albion. Zero, or is it just Bromwich Albion? I think they lost their West, if I recall correctly. So well, Crystal Palace versus Brom. They lose Brom. to Brighton as
2: well, so they're just Bromwich. I don't fucking know.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. They're just Brom now. Um, Crystal Palace, <laughs> 1.3 to Bromzo 0.5. Brom. Chuck, take it away. 1-0, Palace win. You feel good? Why, why Why
2: do I have to take it away? Fuck's sake. I didn't <laughs> want fucking um, get, get, oh, brilliant. Worst team in the league, and you scrape by with a penalty. Oh, God. Like, I don't know I should be happy I should be this is the year that makes the least amount of sense to anything ever because I genuinely and it's and it's not even churlish like the the genuine reason is that I stopped doing it and I had like an argument with my mum weirdly the other week about it uh because she's saying why aren't you watching them because you support them." i was like because i get nothing back at the moment i get nothing <laughs> i just and it winds me up and it makes me sad because it's like i want to watch something that's entertaining and and be entertained right if if i endure this like yeah that's just kind of what i look for in life whatever if i'm not if you don't think i'm not a proper fan that's absolutely fine you can crack on but but I can watch us play the most abject, boring, dull football we've ever played. Absolutely fucking turgid, making no real progress, dealing with everything. And then you look at the league table and we're like 11th and we're on 37 points after 29 games, which is our best points total at this point ever. And Oof. you're like,
0: oh my gosh. It's, but, but then it's <laughs> like the
2: reason, the reason for this is just like, it's not sustainable. It, it's just not. And I think, Palace fans are kind of realising that, that flying by the seat of your pants and massively basically being the new Burnley, because I'm pretty sure like, well, this season we are overperforming by more points than Burnley. And I think we did last year as well. But you're going into now what we will be, and, and I'll say it like we're safe. Like I, I, I'm not going to mm. be churlish and say about the points. Like we need, well, what Fulham are 11 points behind with nine games left. That, you would also need ask.
0: all of those other teams to catch you, too. Like, maybe in a weird, weird world, Fulham will catch you, but not seven other teams, too, like, on top of yeah, that.
2: Yeah, but th- I think all the teams can look down there. Like, you look at who's below us now and Leeds, which, yeah, fair enough. We should be above them because of being promoted. Wolves are there. You know, maybe if Raul Jimenez uh, was in there, that probably wouldn't be the case because I know they've had their problems. Southampton are four points below Palace now um, after just going on a horrific run. Remember when they were top of the league? Um,
0: for a day, yeah.
2: Burnley, Burnley is still down there. Brighton, God bless them. Thanks a lot, guys. Uh, mind the gap. Um, <laughs> you know, and then you and then you look just above us. So you're like, right, four points up hits Arsenal and Villa. Six points up hits Liverpool. And then six I look points, at stuff like that. Six, six
0: points. points. My word.
2: Now there's g- game in hand for Liverpool, whatever. So let's say it's nine points. So you're telling me in mid-March really? we can be nine points behind well, yeah, maybe not. But in mid-March, <laughs> we could be nine points behind the previous year's champions and I can just be annoyed. I don't know. It's, it's, it's no, such I, a weird... It's understandable. It's such a weird state of things. And I think it kind of lends itself into this year being a gimme. And I think the most annoying thing is probably that when there is this opportunity and what's pissing off so much more is that there aren't more teams taking a chance. Uh, and and actually capitalising on it. I mean, you've still got some teams up in the mixer like Leicester, West Ham, Everton are still in the top six. Granted, it may not be for long based on uh, recent performances and results and whatever, but it kind of seems to me like it feels kind of like the Tottenham being in a two-horse race and finishing third when Leicester won the league. You know what I mean? It's like you finally get these opportunities and it, you have nothing to show for it, and you can only ride your luck for so long in those kind of situations. So I think it kind of appeals to, applies, sorry, to a lot of the teams in the league. Um, And yeah, just kind of would like to start again and not have Roy Hodgson in charge because all the guy aims for is 17th. That's just it. And that's what he categorizes as success. So you've got to think of the impact in a dressing room. And you look at us, Last year, coming into the the season plus or whatever, you know, we had the the first game back in game week 30 uh, against Bournemouth, I believe, which we won. We then lost six games in a row and then drew nil-nil with Tottenham on the last day. And we were in the chance of finishing in a Europa League spot then. And so you wonder if that negativity has an effect and and then how the, the clubs kind of move forward. But this year's a gimme. I think it's all about how we go next year for most of these teams, really Palace, Arsenal, Liverpool, Tottenham. Like if they perform this way at the start of next year, they aren't keeping their managers. They aren't like, they'll get the gimme with no fans and these kind of things. But you imagine the atmosphere in those stadiums now and the, the kind of yeah. parity between when they're good and when they're bad, especially like Liverpool, like that's insane yeah. to be an eighth with 10 games left.
0: And honestly, I think next season's going to be really fucking crazy, too, because these guys are going to get, like, no time off this summer. The Euros start, what, the day after the Champions League final? Something, like, genuinely, like, there's no break from the season to the Euros. And it's not like they're going to push next season back to, like, start in October or some crazy shit. Like, these guys just aren't going to have a, had a break since that, like, lockdown period. Think about that. Think about how fucking crazy that is. By the end of next season, these guys will have been playing since the fucking lockdown. Absolute craziness. So I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if next season's table is also fucking batshit insane and doesn't make any sense. Have you lost, in a certain sense, the ability to get excited about palettes when they do a good thing? Like, this was your second best XG this year. You've only broken 1.0 twice since December, and this was one of those two times. So like, this was them attacking. This was the best version of Palace that you get.
1: This was them attacking. I mean, I'm not going to answer for Chuck here, <laughs> please. <laughs> <laughs> because Anything. I, I've got, I mean, I'm getting mine off Info Gold, but I, I've got an XG of 1.29, and 0.8 of that was a penalty. So it was they were still their non-penalty XG was below, just below 0.5, and West Brom actually generated more. And when I when I watch Palace, because I try to watch Palace when they don't. Peterborough. I try to watch Palace occasionally, and it has been really rough going. <laughs> like it's it's really hard to watch, and I do wonder whether if fans had been in, whether there'd have been more on the team's back. Because as well, when you're a paying fan and you're going to watch it, I I wonder whether that Hodgson wouldn't be under a lot more pressure. To be honest, I mean this West Brom game, I had one one shot inside the box. That was Ben Teke in such a wide position that it generated 0.07 XG. Oh,
2: yeah. But that was a good shot, though, to be fair. It was a good save from
1: Johnston. Thanks for reminding me about that. Yeah, that's right. right. You've got to take your positives, mate. But it's, yeah, it, it, they're really struggling. And, I mean, hopefully with Zaha back, that
0: will spark something. But What's yeah. his deal? Is he out in the summer? He's like, isn't this his last year of his contract, right? Nah, no. Till 2023. He's oh, not okay. one of the he's
2: not one of the sixteen yeah. players that they mention every fucking week that we've got out of contract yeah. with the manager and the backroom <laughs> staff and the bloody <laughs> guys in the beverage stands and the program yeah. sellers. They're all out of contract and you might get a call up at this rate, Chuck.
0: Uh well, just judging off Chuck's body language, I think it's probably best if we move on please from do. any and all palace talk. Um which means that it is time, Mr. Simpson, please cue the jingle. Ooh, Better than they ought to be.
1: Burnley of the Week.
0: That's right, it is Burnley of the Week. We had Southampton 1, Brighton Southampton. and Hove Albion 2. Gentlemen, Brighton got a win, and <laughs> it was a Burnleying technically because it was 1.0 to 0.9. There were other bigger Burnleyings, but Brighton fucking won a match <laughs> and. Outperformed their XG. It went against the XG result. Amazing times, gentlemen. Amazing times. Chuck, take it away. I guess you want to. You probably have lots to say about Brighton. I'm so
2: what. I fucking hate all the South Coast teams. They're all shit. Um, I'm so glad we're above both of these teams, though. That's outrageous. Uh, Brighton now only underperforming their expected points by uh, just under 18 for the season. That is. A whole West Brom. Um, <laughs> just pop a West Brom in there. And Southampton need to have a look at themselves. Shout out to Hassan, who all four, when he was asked, Oh, do you think the performance uh, was any good today? And he just went, No. <laughs> Not having it? Crap. Yeah, fair enough. That's, uh, I mean, uh, fucking hell. Yeah, what do you want him to say? What what a rollercoaster it must be, managing that team. like Going from first to now being 14th, getting done 9-0 again. <laughs> uh, Jesus. Uh, I don't really know what to say in this one. I really wanted to have Hampton to win. And now I'm hoping Fulham can go on an absolute madness. Um, and Newcastle sort themselves out so Brighton go down, but I'm not really holding out much hope.
1: Just need a dunk injury and then you'll be all right.
2: Yeah, he's only doing that. But I mean, Brighton still have... Newcastle and Sheffield United to play. So that's guaranteed six points. Although they do also have Man United, Everton, Chelsea, Leeds, Wolves, West Ham, Man City and Arsenal. So a lot of the traditional big teams. Um, So fingers crossed they don't pull off some wonder wins in there. And business can go as usual and we can get rid of the scum.
0: Uh, Leicester five to Sheffield zero Leicester's 4.6 to Sheffield, 0.09. Yes, I'm putting in the second decimal because they didn't even get to 0.1. Sheffield are crap. <laughs> the and uh, Inacho show, huh? Inacho's first hat trick in the Premier League.
2: Yeah, thanks for the Mother's Day present, Kelechi, as he dedicated his post-match. That was for all the mums. Um, so, mum, if you're listening, no, I'm not getting you anything else. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's why you haven't got a present.
2: <laughs> yeah, new manager bounce. What? That's that's uh, working well, isn't it? Create an environment that means that Chris Wilder leaves. Um, yeah. oh, fucking hell. What? Is it
1: too late to get Wilder in to stop the rot, do you think?
2: What, what What's the point in getting rid of him? Like, I don't oh, nuts. understand. Do you guys? Like, like this season they've been, like, they haven't been great, granted. But you'd think at least, like, getting him promoted from League One, finishing, what, 11th, I think, last year? Something like that, on a shoestring. Like, what? Yeah. because you decided to waste money on Ree and Brewster, that's that's <laughs> what you're getting rid of him for. Like, I'd trust him to get him back up more than, well, uh, Jason Tindall was there who just got fired from Bournemouth, who was Eddie Howe's assistant before. So it's looking like he's going in, and potentially then, if Tindall's going in, maybe Eddie Howe is coming back in as a manager. Who knows? But I don't fancy that. Like, Bournemouth have a better squad in the championship than Sheffield United have now, and that pains me to say. And he couldn't yeah. get them firing, so
1: it, it does seem bizarre. It does seem like a bizarre choice because he he hadn't lost the dressing room. Uh, the players all seem to come out in quite heartfelt like tweets and stuff, and and in in post match as well. Um, so it's it's a bit it's a hard one to work out because. They're not gonna a, a new manager is not gonna save them as you've discussed before. They, they need Champions League form to be able to stay they, up. They don't it, need Champions League form
2: now, mate. They it's need pro- right, okay. It's title winning form. <laughs> <laughs> they, need, they need bloody Jesus
1: after three days form. <laughs>
0: this, yeah. They need Pep's Manchester City a hundred XG last season form.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fine. Yeah. So exactly. So it's a it's. You know, if if there if there are any sort of smart business people involved in this, then they're going to be planning for how they get back up. And like Chuck says, the best best chance of that would have been keeping Wilder. Definitely, it's insane to do it now. You look at Norwich. Norwich
2: were awful last year. Obviously, like they started off well, and then um, they just fell off an absolute cliff. They went down. They kept all of their squad apart from Godfrey and jamal lewis so two defenders uh timu puki's on 21 goals for the season and they are 10 points clear at the top with 10, po- 10 games left i think Something you heard like it that.
0: here first folks timu puki for your fpl teams next season that will go <laughs> it invariably will go well for the first bit of the season maybe yeah just the first three matches triple captain day one <laughs> it
2: just goes to show but i you know everyone goes on about Uh, like the Ree and Brewster one, and we said at the time, it was just a weird one because it was the kind of punt that probably a team in their position shouldn't really make. And so it's like you're putting pressure on this guy with signing him for 30 million when he's played 20 games. Do you think that would actually be a factor in getting rid of him?
1: It depends, I guess, how that all happened, whether there was some sort of... I don't know the structure at Sheffield United. I don't know whether there's a director of football involved overseeing things or... Chris Wilder strikes me as the sort of manager who likes likes to be involved in everything, but yeah, I don't I don't know really. I guess it depends, but I think that probably that transfer specifically does show that I'm not sure teams like Sheffield United should be looking for the bench players of teams higher up. A lot of clubs get success by looking down to the Championship or even further. And pick and pluck in strikers it, who bro. play all the time. Well, I do think of Ivan Tony going to Brentford. Twenty five goals, twenty five exactly. goals returning, and, <laughs> and equally, uh, Ollie Watkins going from Brentford to to Villa uh, might not set the world alight, but he certainly established himself as a Premier League striker. And maybe that's the way teams like Sheffield United should be looking, rather than looking upwards and going, "Who's not playing for Liverpool at the minute?"
0: Yeah, well the the common link there is Brentford who have notably one of the biggest analytic departments in all of soccer. So yeah. like that that is genuinely like at other than like maybe 10 teams in the world the value of having an analytics department is being able to f- scout really good players for dirt cheap because no one realizes that they are good. F- you know, I mean you everybody's read Moneyball or seen the movie like you look for players that are discounted for various reasons, their age, where they're playing, their nationality, whatever the case may be. But you identify that underneath the surface that everyone is looking at, there are some underlying numbers there that really indicate that they're going to have a strong player. And so that is, like, if Sheffield United, Dave, uh, <laughs> want to succeed, maybe they shouldn't be throwing $30 million at a bad transfer. Maybe they should invest that $30 million into a fucking – analytics department like what pay me 500 grand you don't keep your 29 and a half million pay me 500 grand i'll start an (laughs) analytics department for you me and dave like let's do it you know what i mean like (laughs) genuinely though like we i'm joking but also like invest that money more intelligently than a bench player who turned out to be not that good either in youth or in the scouting or whatever and like that will be that is the way forward for like smaller clubs. And yes, I say that knowing that like Sheffield are in the Premier League, they're still a smaller club.
2: To kind of round it off, and you mentioned about spending money, and it to me the much worse money spent was the eighteen and a half million. I, I forgot it was that much until I just googled it now uh, that they paid Bournemouth for Aaron Ramsdale, and so I in my head thought that. The downgrading keeper was huge. And then I looked at the stats, and yes, I'm right. So <laughs> <laughs> it's lovely
1: when that works out, isn't it?
2: It really is. It's great. And that's when I shout about it on this podcast. Uh, and we'll be doing a 48 page review and analysis and dissertation. But if you, I took some of the stats from last season. Uh, we've mentioned it before something called post shot differential XG. Um, look it up, Google, whatever, read. Guys, come on. But <laughs> Dean Henderson was the goalkeeper for Sheffield United uh, last year. He was on loan from Man United, of course, and he's kind of starting to work his way to taking the top uh, top spot there. But last year, he faced 129 shots on target and saved 97. Uh, so that's a 75.2% save percentage, which was third in the league last year. Uh, I think top actually was Hugo Lloris, and I can't for the life of me remember second right now. Probably Kepler. Um, we'll um we'll get to him mate uh post shot <laughs> differential which oscar in a nutshell correct me if i'm wrong is i can't remember what it is what is it
0: okay uh ooh, i'll do this very fast take all the shots that have ever been hit in similar situations that are specifically on target so that's what xg does every shot that's ever been hit from there what percentage goes in that's the xg this is now only looking at the shots from that same position that ended up on target um, And then it throws in a couple extra variables for, like, where was the keeper relative to the ball? Like, did you hit it to the corner? Was he on the right side of the goal? Did you hit it to the left? Uh, were there any defenders on the line? That sort of stuff. Um, So it was originally meant to model or to measure how good of a finisher strikers are because it looks like, okay, we know that it's on target. So now it's literally just measuring, like, the finishing. How well mm-hmm. did you place your shot? Turns out not that useful for that. Love when that happens in data. But... Turned out to be really useful when you look at the expected goals versus post-shot expected goals differential to measure goalkeepers. Basically, how good are they at saving stuff? So, that's what it is.
2: There you are. So, basically, good score equal good goalkeeper. So, for that stat, Dean Henderson was sixth in the league last year. Okay. So, third for save percentage, sixth in the league. Sheffield Sheffield United, sorry, Dave, their expected goals allowed was 479 They conceded 39. So an 8.9 positive for them. We then move on to Bournemouth. Plucky little Bournemouth. Uh, Aaron Ramsdale faced 177 shots, so nearly 50 more on target. 120 saves, but his save percentage was 67.8%, which was 15th in the league. His post-shot differential was 15th in the league. And their expected goals allowed were 57.5 and they conceded 65 so seven and a half goals more Uh, if you wanted to know which goalkeeper had the lowest save percentage uh, that would be the chelsea one and if you would like to know the one that had the lowest xg differential that would be the chelsea one 21st (laughs) 21st out of 21st in all those stats based on some sort of aggregate but so obviously the difference there in effect is they've gone from the third and sixth best goalkeeper in the league to the 15th and then this year, Aaron Ramsdale is 14th for save percentage and he is 16th for post-shot differential. Their XG is 46.2 and they've conceded 50. So 3.8 goals to the worst over obviously a slightly shorter sample size. But there's your direct link. If you're going to drop 13 places in stats for your goalkeeper...
0: And you're, you're going to drop a whole lot of places You're going to drop a whole table. lot of places,
2: a whole lot of points. Go yeah
0: I 100% stand by my take that we were basically as good as Liverpool last year except that Kepa fucked us mostly <laughs> like, and that is how much difference a keeper can make like look at we've talked about it a bunch of times but that season what was it three years ago now I think like when we first started the podcast David De Gea got United to overperform their expected goals expected points I think by 20 fucking points in the table mm. um, and that was an all-time great keeper season like one of the best keeper seasons that have ever been had ever I mean, honestly, like Chelsea's a great example. Look at us when Keppo was here versus us now that Mendy is, and Mendy's not even that good. Like, I like Mendy; he's done a very good job, but he's not like one of the best keepers in the league, I don't think. Um, curious to see what his pull shot expected goal differentials would be, but like that really is a huge, huge deal. So that that's like a great shout, Chuck, and way more work than I would have been willing to do to analyze Sheffield. So,
2: look, I had a hunch, and turns out I was right about something, <laughs> and I'm gonna shout about that. Uh, and if you really want to scratch the itch about Mendy, uh, Oscar, uh, post-high xG per ninety differential, he is fourteenth.
0: Yeah, so he's not that good. He's not. Really. He's
2: not. Yeah, an amazing keeper. But obviously, but he's Chelsea not and now- the
0: worst keeper in the league by a whole lot. <laughs> which is like,
2: yeah, yeah. That's uh, Matt Ryan this year. And shout out to Nipple Keeper for being the best.
0: There you go. <laughs> Um, Well, let's move on then to the big match of the weekend, arguably. Certainly the most entertaining, in my opinion. Also the one I fell asleep through, though, so that doesn't bode well. But Arsenal 2, Tottenham 1, Arsenal 1.6 on XG to Tottenham's 0.7. Arsenal doing a big win in the big London, North London derby. How are you guys feeling about that?
2: How do I feel? I I mean, genuinely, I feel nothing overall, but, you know convention dictates we should probably talk about it um arsenal were better gareth bale does not track back matt doherty doesn't defend as well in a back four Mm -hmm. and when you would think putting them
0: on the same side is a bad idea
2: yeah yeah and arsenal done a good idea and attacked that side eric lamella is like cannot exist one way or the other I feel like he has to (laughs) offset the awesome with just the absolute stupid. And uh, Lacazette, it shouldn't have been a penalty.
0: Okay, let's start with that, because I strongly disagree there. Uh, Very fucking clearly a penalty? How? Are you crazy? How? Uh, Let's see, the defender comes flying in with a judo kick and clears out the striker in the box?
2: No, the only reason he cleared out the striker is because Lacazette swings so wildly at the ball and skims it and kicks it off to the left miles away and then swings his leg right across what would have been the route for the ball to the goal that Davinson Sanchez is in, kicks into Davinson Sanchez's foot and then that's somehow a penalty? I don't know. Apparently VAR didn't overrule it because they didn't believe it was a clear and obvious error and so I think it exists in that realm in which VAR would not tell him not to give it and they also wouldn't tell him to give it if he hadn't if you see what i mean but no i'm gonna go with jeff on this one and i that's not a penny.
0: oh good you're agreeing with jeff clearly you're gonna be on the right there
2: <laughs> well this jeff, is it you're gonna agree you. with adam p I so, you, want, so you, you get you get adam p it's battle of the punching bags so. oh jeez,
0: <laughs> that's true that's true no i mean the fact that he makes contact or gets a shot off whether it's a good shot or a bad shot I say, I, we say this all the fucking time. That does not affect whether it's something is a penalty or not. If it's a, if it's a foul in no, the box, it is I, a penalty.
2: But, but I don't that feel that that rules. is a foul that's because I don't feel rules. that the contact is an impediment on there. That's where you fall into the realm, then, of there is contact in football, right? I don't want to get into the whole proper football because you know yeah, like yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah. about no, and those kind of things, right? We're, we're They're on both the same picture. kind of in the air. Lacazette swings wildly. Like I think that is fully even. The ball's gone. He Lacazette's not recovering from that. I reckon if if Sanchez, I know it's you know if my aunt had balls, she'd be my uncle and all that kind of rubbish. That if Sanchez wasn't there and the shot happened, would Lacazette have just fallen anyway? Like probably the height he was and flailing his leg at it. But I just think that's contact as a natural. Part of the game and hitting someone with your follow through
1: of your kick, as it were. So it's Ian, just. You're, a
0: bit. Ian, it looks like you're the tiebreaker here. Where are you at on this one?
1: <laughs> I thought it was a penalty. I thought it was pretty reckless. uh It wasn't like endangering the player massively or anything, but I did, I did think it was out of control enough to be considered a penalty. I think that if it was elsewhere on the field, I'd be happy with it being given as a free kick. So I ought to be happy with it being given as a penalty. It was. It's one of them where whatever the ref said, yes, uh, VAR wouldn't have overturned it.
0: Absolutely, yes.
2: All oh, right, I say that and you don't agree vociferously but Ian says well, it he's because he's on your I side I busy
0: yes. disagreeing with you yes. whereas I'm agreeing with <laughs> Ian like, Jeff
2: di- you know who your favourite is now I'm, really, no, I'm your favourite Jeff me and
1: you against the world buddy we're going to Thelma and Louise out of this bitch the only reason I brought it up was to specifically say that the, the ref in the middle said it was a penalty I'm perfectly happy with that not being overturned uh, That that's just because it's part of my argument that like, I'm perfectly happy with it not being overturned because I think you can say that sanchez was possibly out of control and reckless so i'm 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 happy with it being a penalty personally
0: can we go back for a second though because speaking of things that are out of control there i don't want chuck to be the only one that gets to mention that fucking rabona goal was out of control
2: it was <laughs> rabona ridiculous done with
0: <laughs> unbelievable he somehow hit an outside of the boot shot with his left foot to the right of his right shoulder <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like that thing had curl on it and it came from a fucking Rabona and it curled. <laughs> he curled an outside of the boot shot. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what? pretty cool.
2: But that was like the the universe when you had no right to do that to <laughs> a immediately corrected Rabona, things. Rabona past David Luiz who <laughs> classically was an absolute fucking passenger for it low controlled along the ground into the corner and so the final destination of it all was that he was gonna get sent off like he yeah, had yeah 100% to. yeah death, yeah, yeah, yeah. death <laughs> had to take him like that
0: yeah I believe we call that an Eric Lamella hat trick like <laughs> a beautiful yeah. goal and two yellows
2: <laughs> so. yeah 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 and you can't say this is why I think i disagree with jeff probably but and and jermaine jermaine genus oh my god on on match to the day too was hilarious because he was saying his his argument basically boiled down to at one point which i thought he'd lost the plot was because eric lamella hasn't been sent off in the past He shouldn't have been sent off there because there's no evidence that's the way he played. So that was his intention. (laughs) I was like, mate, I'll listen to you on a lot of subjects and I enjoy you and think you're great. But... Don't come into it with that sort of bullshit. It was strange, yeah. Just because he hasn't been caught before doesn't mean he can't do it now. What? That was an absolute madness. And he bit so hard on Martin Keown with a simple (laughs) misunderstanding where he thought Keown said Arsenal deserved the penalty when actually he said, he was, he said, like, Arsenal deserved it. But he was referring to the game as a balance of play and yeah. Genus just bit so fucking hard. <laughs> it was, good, it was yeah. like I've got my popcorn out. It was great. But yeah, he deserved that. He's an absolute idiot. He knew what he was doing. I I my opinion is he has that in his game. The Diego Costa kind of level that he, I think can he could have had a few yellows. Walk the line, to be walk the, yeah, and, and that's what some people were saying, that like it was coming and it yeah. made sense. And Mourinho just kind of looked more pissed off. At Lamella, I think than, than yeah. whatever, but I think this is the this is the frustration that you get with Tottenham, as we've mentioned before, that like you come off of some great results and, and what have you, and then you just get that great results d- against bad teams. Though
1: you know, uh, hey, you can only play what's in front of you. Yeah, of course you can. Yeah, but,
2: but they played Arsenal.
0: What I'm Arsenal. saying
1: is, yeah, they they should. You know, they're looking they're looking down on Arsenal at the league, and yet they played like they were playing Man City, like they were scared of them.
0: Well, let's not like let's not forget that Hingman's son going down early with Massive. an injury yeah. is yeah, huge that's not good. for them. Their attack doesn't work without both Son and King. Like if either of those pieces is missing, they have no fucking threat. Because neither of them can do it by themselves, and Jose Mourinho has built this team so that everything runs through those two guys. I mean we talked about this earlier in the season. I said we I said if either of them cools off, Tottenham yeah. are fucked. Now they both cooled off and now Son is hurt too. I don't know how long he's hurt for. I haven't heard any.
1: It, he uh, will no doubt have a scan, but it looked like a hamstring. He was sprinting and then pulled up. So I think that's going to be a few weeks, isn't it?
2: Always is. You you just know looking at it like yeah, I have no medical
1: qualifications whatsoever. but that's- <laughs> Yeah, but you do know. He walked off the pitch, which suggests it's not going to be months. But at the same time... He We've seen players
0: walk off the pitch and then literally miss months with hamstring well, that, stuff. That, like, yes,
1: that- I know, but it didn't, well, all I mean is it he didn't hit the deck or anything, you know, he didn't immediately sort of start waving and collapse. It was just, it seemed like a twinge. and yeah, he stayed of- up the whole time. Yeah, yeah, you're right.
0: All right, well, before we move on, shout out to Arsenal's kids who genuinely looked really good. I don't know any of their names. They all looked about 12, but they played really, really well.
2: <laughs> Mill Smith-Rowe.
0: Sure. And Saka and Tierney and Odegaard, all of them. There's a bunch of guys. I actually, he I do good. know their names. And
2: but. Uh, Aubameyang <laughs> not being played because he was late in traffic,
1: I believe. I, did you not think that shows a bit of uh, strength from Arteta? to In the yes. North London derby, mm-hmm. uh, your player is late, apparently not the first time he's done it. And you go, right, well, you're not playing then. Yeah. That, sh- that shows a fair bit of strength.
2: And the man drives a fucking Aventador. Like, come on, put your foot down, lad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, given his form this year, uh, maybe a blessing in disguise that he was late and had an excuse to bench him because it went pretty well for them.
2: Well, not the last like five games. He's been quite good again. But uh, Sure. Yeah. But in general- no, I, th- I think you're right. I think that's a good, I think that's the right stance you have to take from Arteta. That it's that this is what it means, and especially because of what Oscar just said, is that you do have a lot of young players right at Arsenal at the minute that That's exactly are right. doing the business for them. And fair enough. So you're like, mate, if if you're going to be on the way out or on the downward curve in terms of age, then <laughs> yeah, you crack on, mate. It's, it's <laughs> Arsenal as well. They're not shy of letting players go for free that they've paid a fuckload of money for. That's true. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah exactly.
2: Meza Erzil.
0: Um. Oh, and shout out Granite Chaka who did a Rabona pass in midfield to someone about a foot away with no defenders around five minutes after Lamella's goal. Nice, nice. He was like, oh, we're doing Rabonas? I could do one.
2: <laughs> i had done that in a five-a-side game once just to take the piss. Everyone laughed at me like, mate, what the fuck are you doing? We're losing. I was like, oh, that's funny.
0: <laughs> there you go. All right, well, speaking of losing, uh, this one was for all the Uniteds, and so they are now just ham because I believe they also lost their West at some point. So we have Ham and Brom. They both lost the West. Where did that West go? No one knows. Un- unknown, unknown. Oh, but we have West. Manchester United 1, West Ham 0, Manchester United 1.7 to Ham's 0. 0.5. <laughs> Ham go- Ham falling off a cliff here, man. They were like in the top four. Oh, definitely going to make the Champions League better than blah, 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 blah. And now they're down to what?
2: Who was saying they were definitely making the Champions League? Was that me? Not Moise. me. I think Moyes was.
0: <laughs> yeah, lots of people were. Um, They are now down to 22% to qualify according to 538, despite being in fifth um, with, I believe, a game in hand, with a game in hand on Chelsea. But, you know, just given their underlying numbers and everything about them, seems unlikely to happen anymore for Ham, formerly of West. Um, But let's talk about Manchester, formerly of United, currently of United. (laughs) Um, 1.7! Looking good. Puts them at 95% for the Champions League. That's pretty fucking solid. Yeah, I mean, they've got a six point lead on Chelsea in fourth.
1: Yeah, right. Okay, yes. And, like,
0: they have been the third best team by the underlying numbers. So it's not likely that anyone will catch up to them anyway. Yeah. Um, They're almost certainly going to finish in second at this point.
1: Yeah, I I have to readjust my pre season thoughts. That's the problem. I've got to readjust my pre season, current season, right now, post
2: season. (laughs) Any other thoughts? No, because I don't really want to accept that Solskjaer is doing a good job
0: you don't have to you don't have to oh <laughs> thanks mate you can have both i don't think he's doing that good of a job cool. i think he continues to just be like uh here's the ball here's some players figure it out vibes
2: luke shaw luke shaw and fucking vibes mate luke shaw and vibes <laughs> exactly luke shaw and vibes
1: <laughs> just underlining it <laughs> three exclamation marks <laughs> just again
0: last time do it again man i just want to watch paul pogba do things and this guy's been at man united for how many fucking years now where, where, where is he Genuinely don't know. Is he hurt? Minos kept
2: him prisoner because he wants him to sign a PSG and pocket a load of fucking cash.
0: All right. Well, um, if you go to Ben Dinnery's website, premierinjuries.com, it has Paul Pogba as a thigh injury on March 12th. We hope maybe before the break, maybe, but I'm not sure. It is taking a little bit longer than we expected. That's the most recent update on him. So that's where Paul Pogba is. A little bit
2: longer than expected.
1: Yeah. To convince him to go to a different club. Yeah. yeah, he'll be he'll be gone. And fair enough.
0: That's a wrap on fixtures. So let's go to FPL, Chuck. How's your FPL team doing? No, Ian.
2: How's your FPL team? <laughs> Defense wins championships. <laughs> Only players who have scored any fucking points for me this week
1: or appeared <laughs> or indeed appeared. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm doing okay. I captain Salah as a sort of last chance saloon. Um, so we'll see what happens in this match I'm sort of watching watching closely um, Oh, I but... forgot I had Jota There you go Just seen That's nice There you go then But I had Stones and Cancelo So I'm having a lovely old time
2: Is that basically your whole team's points?
1: Yeah, pretty much uh, They've got 26, 26 out of my 44 So yeah
2: <laughs> Yeah, my, my defence would be really great So Martinez, naturally like I played Martinez against Newcastle Because you would uh but three points for him. Uh but Edward Mendy on nine points on my bench. Uh Ruben Diaz, six. Luke Shaw, nine. Rudiger, six. Uh Dallas is coming off the bench because uh with six points because Gundo and De Bruyne did not play. Uh my captaincy switches to Kane, big old two points. Uh Saka, one injured, Bamford, one injured. Kai Havertz, cursed, he's got a Werner curse now, uh three <laughs> points. And yeah, I've got uh, Jota playing and Willy Bolly is coming in as well. So they kind of offset each other though. So yeah, I had a really good points last week. I beat you by like 30 odd. And I thought, oh, that's nice. Cuts the (laughs) deficit to 60. That's manageable. Nah, gone.
1: (laughs) Never mind. Let's hope. Uh, Oh, sorry. I'm being distracted because Wolves have got an attack going. Uh, It's not Willy Bolly though, so don't worry. Um, no it's come to nothing right <laughs> sorry uh, I'm obsessed with doing this live commentary as if people won't listen to it fucking two days later and go, what is this prick on about yeah yeah, yeah. and you could do it better
2: <laughs> uh, wolves attack yeah, it's not willy bolly <laughs> oh, it's over it's harder than it looks can't see you replacing Motson if he, <laughs> <laughs> he Motson? still does it even <laughs> if he's still alive
0: still better than Tony Gale I'll say
2: yeah probably fair enough um, <laughs> players balls uh yeah so add fantasy like there's a well reduced game week coming in it so there's only four
1: yeah four games lots of blanks there'll be lots of hits thrown around of people yeah. getting getting uh players in to cover the blanks they haven't realized they're happening but yeah and all the good players are injured so yeah brilliant. the
0: stats the stats robots have five players playing next week And two of them are Bamford and Son, so...
1: Ooh. (laughs) Kane,
0: Harrison, and Kanza. Looking like we're going to need some points out of those guys. Perfect.
2: Rolled (laughs) it out. Triple captain. Captain Harrison, job done.
0: (laughs) Not Not a terrible week this week, though, for once. We got the 46 points, so even slightly ahead of Mr. Stimson over there, plus a point coming off the bench. Okay. Why is
2: this? This is some
0: sort of fucking end of day shit.
2: <laughs> and the
1: stats robots team's doing well.
0: An obviously quite failed experiment, the stats robots.
1: <laughs> Can right, it be a know. ghost
0: team yet? Can I stop doing these transfers? St- <laughs> no <laughs> one's watching this team.
1: <laughs> it's admin. Oh, dear. Right, shall we move on then?
0: Let's go, blah, blah.
1: Well, let's start with uh, a new feature um, called Chuck Bailey Investigates.
0: I am riveted I
2: don't know anything about this Chuck Bailey here You may have uh, watched Or listened, rather To last week's Bluffer categories And the chaos that ensued With Oscar's oh, okay. uh, Quite frankly Poor is... choice of categories um, <laughs> Upon uh, investigation Of uh, one Mr. Jeffrey Pedder Of the detail that was provided To Oscar Puente We found many anomalies And confusion <laughs> Following... <laughs> Uh, The Armageddon scandal Um, So Oscar You you probably won't have done your due deal On this but uh, I I might have found Out mate why the list made no sense Uh, That's because you were On user ZCJ858 List of 75 Bruce Willis films. So uh, an arbitrary, an arbitrary number just selected of, uh, films with Bruce Willis and then, um, put in there. Uh, Jeff told me that you, he gave you, uh, box office. Uh, you switched the IMDb rating and, uh, Armageddon was in 21st and two of the films that were above one. Bruce Willis made an uncredited cameo and is listed as the last member of the credits on IMDb. And another of the films features approximately 50 celebrities appearing as themselves, of which Bruce Willis is one. So do your due
1: diligence next time, buddy. Just some random blokes fucking list of Bruce Willis films that he happens to have remembered.
0: Yeah. Look, I had mRNA and microsoft tracking chips coursing through my veins (laughs) had woken up five seconds before from a crazy nap and didn't realize i was going to be recording that week so i stand by my bluffer thank you very much
2: another thing another thing i've I've forgotten you can play music again if you want ian but um the the (laughs) yeah I just pop it as a bed uh the (laughs) players the players minutes The the two of you apparently had quite a long discussion about which players to include. Yes. (laughs) And you weren't gonna include goalkeepers and defenders in this, and then you decided not to include goalkeepers at your behest and did not decide to relay that information to one Ian Stimson.
0: <laughs> yeah, that w- that one's on me. I just forgot to say that before you got... And I tried to fix it. I was like, Ian, I can take four off or five off your bid if you want, assuming you were counting the five keepers as a- among your number. Look, I gave you guys a chance to redo the bidding. I told Ian I could take some guesses off the top there. I can't redo the bidding. It's... <laughs> i i own that one the the bruce willis thing i stand by because fuck it whatever but the, the, <laughs> no, but the armageddon
2: te- armageddon w- should have been an answer in that weird thing or no. like, like this explains i had a conversation with you for about half an hour afterwards and i couldn't find the list you were looking at and turns <laughs> out you used a bespoke list from a bloke on an arbitrary rating system <laughs> that anyone can fucking be a part of and i won't
1: stand for it anymore so please just
2: just 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 read, just read the status <laughs> <quarters>. <laughs> I had
1: a text from a friend that said well done surviving the bluffer despite Oscar only giving you part of the question King Caveat would have been up in arms if it was him bidding oh Brilliant. 100%
0: yeah I would have stormed off uh, no, get way, that, no per, way get that person on the pod yeah. <laughs> I love how he said he has a friend when we all know it's just him texting himself <laughs> Man, <come laughs>
2: well, on if now. it's not if it's not one of us it's Kelly <laughs> God bless her and even then friends
1: are stretch <laughs> Oh, loveless. Uh, all right, easy.
2: <laughs> oh, I've had a rum. Right, bluffer. go on, do the music.
0: Bluffer time. Make a guess. Take a guess. Can't just a let bluff. me do it. Can it? Bluffy.
1: Right. So the bluffer is a game where we ask questions with multiple answers, and uh, the two competitors bid for how many they can get, and then when someone outbluffs the other one they have to name that many answers that was a, that was an explanation of sorts that no, um, was great
2: don't don't know yourself mate you're doing a great job that's that was fine we're all equally shit at this game and also equally good at this game
0: i think we're all equally shit at hosting is the real
2: problem <laughs> that might be the issue <laughs> speak for yourself oscar you've got a lot of ground to make up after <laughs> last week mate i um,
0: invented the game so i'm, I'm okay i think it's brilliant. i'm still in the green
2: the, then the student became the master in my case. And I'm really <laughs> worried and would like to like just posit. We can talk about it off air later. But what happens if we draw at the end of the season? Because we have to have all presented at least one to make it equal. Mm. And our scores since we went <laughs> to four all have gone five all, six all, seven yeah. all. And now Ian's on eight.
1: No, I'm on- no, it's seven, six, six at the minute.
2: Okay, right. well, there we go. Wait, yeah, sorry, yeah.
1: it's going
2: to go 7-all <laughs> because yeah. chances are I'll win today somehow and then Oscar will win mine.
0: I'm going to shoot myself on the foot in about five minutes or uh, an expression with less guns to people in other countries. <laughs>
1: You've already <laughs> you made that joke once. It's still an expression, I know. it's fine.
0: Oh, is it? Okay, good. All right, yeah. well, I'm going to shoot myself on the foot in a couple of minutes and then Chuck's going to get the point for sure. Uh, I think Nate can just decide. Nate can <laughs> do his own bluffer at the end of the season, Mister our one and only producer lover, Patreon. If we're in a tie, Nate gives us three categories. Three-way bluffer. Yeah, three-way bluffer, for sure. So we'll see. I've been dying to have a three-way with you guys for months.
1: <laughs> uh, lockdown's been tough for us all. <laughs> Options are limited. <laughs> okay. Other cents so are available. <laughs> so let's go with... Um, I am going to let Oscar bid first. And you are bidding... Actually, uh, separate questions, but they're for your own club. So you can bid seven if you like. Seven. Hang on, what? All will become clear. I want to know the top 15 Premier League era goal scorers for your respective clubs. So, Oscar, you're bidding for Chelsea. Oh. And okay. uh, Chuck, you're bidding for Crystal Palace. So the-
2: I think I'd do better with Chelsea,
1: please. Can I have Chelsea? <laughs> <laughs> well, they've certainly got more goals. So, um, But, yeah, that's what we're doing. So, Oscar, first bid, top 15 Premier League goal scorers for Chelsea, Oscar.
0: 7 7 genuinely chuck,
1: <laughs> top 15 premier league goal scorers for crystal palace 8
0: do you actually know 8 chuck
2: <laughs> well it's a good thing when we haven't been in the premier league long and they've all happened during my lifetime
0: yeah that's true about half of mine are from the before i was a fan days and we
2: don't have a lot of good players so they tend to stick in the memory <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh yeah i can go nine i think and 10 is the most names i can think of and i don't even know if they're all on there so if you bid 10 it's all yours (laughs) i'm just letting you know
1: (laughs) like honestly puts it puts it all out there lady oscar
0: mind Mind
2: yeah the problem i have is that the range of the palace players will be a lot less about 12 yards than the correct And and the fact that there are players that have played for us for two seasons that could be in this number.
1: With three goals.
0: Like three goals is in your top 15 ever. Do you want me
1: to tell you that? Yo, yo. The the 15th player for Chelsea has got 34 goals. And the number one player for Palace is 33. And the 15th player... (laughs) Actually, that's a good comparison. Let's have a look. 15th player for Chelsea has got 34 goals. Uh The second place player for Crystal Palace has got 28.
0: Oh, okay. (laughs) So nobody with 150 for Palace? Like there's no no Lampard over there?
2: Funny that. Uh, I will let you take the nine with the caveat that I think I could get nine for Chelsea, but I don't think I could get nine for Palace. (laughs) I have three names written down. Ian saying that gives me another four names
1: potential.
0: Ian, let me know when you're ready.
1: Yep, go. I know
0: the top three like automatic. Yeah, okay, go for it. Lampard, Drogba, and Hazard are the top three. (laughs) Then I'm pretty sure before my days, Zola was number one. So I'm gonna say Zola.
1: Fifth place, 59 goals.
0: Um I know John Terry is hilariously way far up the list. Eighth place, 41 goals. Wow. He's like the most goals for any defender, I'm pretty sure. Um, Diego Costa and Nicholas Anelka I know we're floating around
1: Yes And yes Costa is 7th with 52 And Anelka ninth with 38 Two more
0: Surely Willian has more than 30 Whatever He was player of the season twice And he was here for a while. I'm going to say William. Yes, William is on the list
1: 10th place, 37 goals One more
0: Oh, and this is where I'm Hunting. I don't know if he's going to be on there for goals. I know he would be for assists, but I think because of that 2010 season when we did 103 goals, I'm going to say Florent Meluda was heavily involved that year, and he's likely to be on the list.
1: 14th with 35 goals, Florent Maluda. 14th? Yep.
0: Oh, man, Very that's scary. Time. Two questions for you. Joe Cole.
1: Joe Cole's 18th. So if he okay. would have been your next guest, that would have been you gone. Not, uh,
0: Solomon Kalou, question mark?
1: Kalou is joint 11th, yeah, 36 goals.
0: And then Gudjonsson. Those are an out of names there.
1: Johnson is 6th, yeah, 54. Oh, okay,
0: wow. He's higher up than I thought. I knew he was, like, good, but I didn't know that he was that high.
1: I'll fill in the rest from the bottom. 15th was uh, Torre Andre Flo uh, with 34 goals. Michael Essien. Uh, Essien, no, not on. No, I not... just like saying his name. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, John Spencer, joint eleventh, thirty-six Brilliant. goals. Gustavo Poyet, also joint eleventh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and I think you got everyone else except fourth with sixty-nine goals. Di Matteo.
0: No. Is it before my time? I'm guessing it's before my time. No one would have gotten seventy goals since I've been watching.
1: Now a manager in League One. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank.
0: Oh, of course. Oh, fucking hell. That's before my time for sure.
1: I always forget Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. He won the Golden Boot as well. Do you want to stab at any uh, Palace ones? Palace. Uh, Zaha's first. Zaha's first. Andrew Johnson second. Uh, no. Um, Is he not Milivojevic?
2: Luka Milivojevic. Yeah. So if our top was what was what Zaha on? Like uh, forty-five goals. 45, so Milivojevic will be in there because it's uh, at least 22 so Benteke will probably be in there Benteke's third, uh, third. oh my god oh my Jesus
0: Christ <laughs> Jesus Christ uh, <laughs> <I'll> just... <laughs> it, it,
2: so if John, if John Terry's in there for Chelsea is Scott Dan
1: in there for Palace Scott Dan is in there joint ninth on 13 um, goals Patrick van Arnholt uh, again joint ninth yeah Andrew Townsend Joint ninth. Yeah you go. You've got all the three who are on thirteen goals. Yeah, Jeffrey Schlupp. Schlupp is joint thirteenth. Yeah, Jordan Ayou. Uh Jordan yeah, Ayu is twelfth. Yeah, you would have done all right based on this. Yeah. Would Johan y- Kabay be in there? Yeah, uh, Kabay is yeah joint thirteenth as well. Yeah, nine goals.
0: Shit, I could have done well on the Palace list. It's because there's not many to choose from. I'm just like, who's ever scored a goal for Palace? They're probably on the
2: list. <laughs> well, it's because we were in the inaugural season, got dropped, lost a load of players, had came back break. in 94, 95, yeah. lost a load of players, came back 97, 98, <laughs> lost a load of players, came back 2002, 2003. You know what I mean? So there's...
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because there's yeah, big yeah.
2: changes, the chances are there's not a crossover of players. Yeah, true. And then obviously the recent era that means that a player that we've had for two and a half... Three, three and a half years. Yeah,
1: Milivojevic is in the. Yeah. What did you say he was? Second, twenty-eight goals. Yeah, um, I'll fill in the gaps. Then fourth was Chris Armstrong with twenty-three. He used to live opposite me when I was <laughs> a kid. <laughs> yep. Okay. Sixth with James McArthur, uh, seventeen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joint seventh was Dwight Gale. Um, and uh, Jason Punch Peter Relegend. 15 yeah ex-Peter legend, yeah um, and then I think you pretty much got everyone else apart from maybe Yannick Bellassi who was joint 13th as well. oh well. Oh, yeah, that's but, uh, a good yeah, name you got everyone what else was
2: fi- what was 15th for number of goals or the bottom well, of the the joint, race, they sorry? were
1: joint three of them were on joint 13th and that was Bellassi Kabaye and uh, Schlupp on 9 um, 16th was Glenn Murray though on, on 8 uh.
2: yeah poor Never, the 30 goals in the championship and then uh, injured forever and
1: Yeah. Right. Okay. So, point to Oscar.
2: Oh shit! I forgot with this points involved. (laughs)
1: Fuck! I need to win this. Yeah, that's a point to Oscar. I was
2: having a lovely conversation, remembering good things about my (laughs) football (laughs) team.
1: Okay, so this will be Chuck's bid for the second question, and I am looking for basically the Oscar nominations are out this week. So I am looking for all of the winners of the um. Academy Award for Best Animated Feature. Now that only started being given out in uh two thousand and two. Uh so there are nineteen films that have won the Oscar for best animated feature. So Chuck, how many can you get?
2: What what does Oscar always bid? Seven. Seven.
1: Yeah.
0: Seven. I'm not stealing my bid. How rude. I'll steal yours. Nine. <laughs>
2: okay uh you can have it because i don't have one well
0: shit what's the category <laughs> what's
2: <that laughs> we are playing blind bluffer apparently right yeah, <laughs> yeah i don't, i genuinely i have zero way of take do nine
0: i know the last two and the rest are gonna be punts okay, so congrats chuck on the point <laughs> uh toy story four um spider verse into the spider verse spider man into the spider verse
2: Oh, that's good, that one, Oscar. Nice. I'm happy with that.
0: And then from here, I'm just going to say Pixar movies. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, Coco.
1: Well, you're, you're going backwards because that's 2018, so yeah. Inside Out. 2016. Toy Story 3. 2011. Four more.
2: Ah, didn't do an order, prick. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, Frozen. Got to be Frozen, right? 2014. Um, let's keep the Pixar thing going up.
1: 2010. Two more. Wally. 2009. Last one.
0: When did Shrek come out? What year did this start? How far back are we going?
1: 2002 um, award for 2001 films.
0: Ooh, but I know Shrek came out in a one. Fuck me. Oh, <laughs> did Shrek win the first one? Or did they go for some, like, oh. Uh... Should I say Shrek or not? <laughs> oh,
2: I really don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
0: Um. Yeah, fuck it, Shrek. I know Shrek was all one. I swear to God, if I miss the cutoff by a year, I'm gonna be so mad. Yes, get it. Get
1: yeah, in! Shrek was the first uh, animated feature winner the oscar and a
0: trivia for that that's good to store that away for someday <laughs> yeah shrek was the first ever winner
1: um basically they seem to bring, bring in the category when it's expanded away from disney being the only producer of animated films so there was met, you know, lot lots more of them and different companies producing them so
0: pretty much every pixar movie except for cars has won it
1: well even Cars, what, the car
0: series the car series i should say <laughs> which underrated cars should cars one at least should have won
1: cars one's fine Cars two is it's terrible, awful. Shut up, mate! You just couldn't follow the plot. plot. I couldn't follow the plot. I, it's industrial espionage. How do you expect a kid to follow that? <laughs> I got it's ridiculous plot. Um, Cars three,
0: Look, is mate. Fine.
2: I enjoyed. I enjoyed all the the trade blockades in episode one. So you know what I mean. Like maybe it just speaks to me as a yeah. consumer.
0: Okay. Ian, I have a few more guesses. Can I throw some out? Yeah, of course you can. Yeah. Uh, Incredibles. Yes, the Incredibles,
1: two thousand five. Wreck it, Ralph. No, I love Wreck-It Ralph, though.
0: Nah, it's fine.
1: Uh, maybe, it's, maybe it's one of them things that I watched it with Finley, and it's one of the first films he really attached to, so maybe that's more of a sentimentality pick.
0: Um, Ratatouille? Uh,
1: Ratatouille, 2008,
0: yep. There you go. That's all I got, though. Chuck, do you have any more? Uh, Moana.
1: No, Moana did not win.
0: What? Fucking Riot.
2: <laughs> Genuinely, I was like, well, I should have just gone Pixar films, and I probably would have said Toy Story. I know, what, Toy Story 2, Toy Story 3, Toy Story 4.
0: Toy Story 2 was too old. Yeah.
1: Was Toy Story I think. 3 and 4, you, you were okay. Yeah. Uh, so the ones you didn't get were 2003, Spirited Away.
0: Oh, well, never mind. Uh, 2004, that.
1: Finding Nemo. Which isn't that good.
0: Or Spirited Away. Uh, I mean,
2: Spirited Away, yeah, if you like anime, yeah, crack on with a bit, of, <laughs> a bit of Ghibli. Finding Nemo is like, yeah,
1: it's pretty dull. 2006, Wallace and Gromit, The Curse of the Were Rabbit jesus
0: christ uh, yeah really 2006 must have been a rough year <laughs> it's because
2: the amount of work that goes into it. it's it's all hand done isn't it stop motion so that's why they give it to wallace and gromit
0: oh and that would have been like that would have been right after the writer's strike oh six the oh six oscars were like a sketchy year
1: that might explain a lot because yeah corpse bride and howl's moving castle were nominated and I've yeah, uh, yeah Howl's moving castle same as spirited away okay um, 2007 was Happy Feet. Um, and then you got them other than
0: 2012, Rango. Oh, really? Rango?
1: Apparently, yeah.
0: That had to have beat something better than it.
1: I'm not sure it did. The other nominees were A Cat in Paris, uh, Chico and Rita, Kung Fu Panda 2, and Puss in Boots. So another rough oh, year.
0: okay. <laughs> That's not a good year.
1: Kung Fu Panda Two, Rob. There, (laughs) 2013 was Brave. Um,
0: Oh, I almost said that, but I wasn't sure if it was Pixar or not. And uh,
1: 2016 was, uh, sorry, 2015 was Big Hero Six, which I love, absolutely love that film, love
0: that movie, love, love, love.
1: Uh, And the only other, oh, Zootopia is
0: Zootopia. Zootopia, 2017. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, Yeah. there it is. That
1: was a fucking strong year. Um, Moana was in that year. Moana um, was better than Zootopia, Zootropolis, mm, whichever country you're in. Th- yeah, I think Yeah, I think you've got to no, shout that. There. No, don't, don't Amina. And- yes. <laughs> um, Kubo and the Two Strings, which is one of my favourite films as well. That's a really good film.
0: Yep, and Regina Spector with While My Guitar Gently Weeps on the yeah, soundtrack such on that.
1: a good cover. Oh, my Oh, word. fucking A, man. Wow, we're such so hipsters. Much.
0: Chuck is, like, rolling his eyes.
1: It's so good, though. <laughs> it's so good. I'm going to have to listen to that immediately. Willy <laughs> Bolly just had a shot. Did he cheeky little sausage? Yeah. Carry on, sorry. <laughs> that's it. That's that's all of the oh, right, okay. Uh, that's all of the films, yeah.
2: Oh, well that's good. Well, at least my sacrifice of being shit this week means that we can't go 777.
1: Do you want to take us through the incredibly short fixture list, Chuck?
2: Um, yeah, I can actually do it in one breath this week. <laughs> Great. Friday deadline, Friday 19th of March. You've all played your free hits or you've done a load of pointless shit. <laughs> Points hit transfers anyway, Friday 19th, 6.30 deadline, Fulham versus Leeds up the Fulham fuck Leeds. Then we got Brighton, Newcastle, <laughs> let's go to an army and West Ham, Arsenal on Sunday, Aston Villa, Spurs also on Sunday. I don't really know what you, what, do, should we say
0: more about those games? Uh, I am planning on watching zero of those games in preparation for this podcast, because I'm hoping that we just don't bother talking about the sun.
2: No, Fulham, Fulham, Fulham are going to win. You know, we'll do it for Safira Gold. Fucking oh, okay, hell,
1: delay on that. That's delay on the Skype. It's, it'll be perfect in the edit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> because you've changed the time. Yeah, of course it will. <laughs> I always believe. What's going on? Scott Parker's uh, coat blazer. What? Play just play the music while we have this discussion. Pad <laughs> for time. <laughs> Fuck it. It's out. What, it. Is that what? Is that? Is it a coat? Is it a blazer? It's padded. It's strong. I like it. What do we...
0: Did it win our poll? Remember we had the... No, I think it came
2: second. He wouldn't get my poll. And Ian has Mark Noble as his style icon, so say what you will. Uh, (laughs) Say goodbye, Oscar.
0: Up the blues. Come on, Chelsea. Let's win the Champions League. Say
2: goodbye, Ian. I just like Mark Noble, all right? (laughs) And it's bye-bye from me. Thanks for listening. Be safe out there. Bye-bye.